All right, welcome back, everybody. We have Dr. Alex Twangy in the house today, and man, he is uh, he's just such a breath of fresh air to be around. Uh, Alex and I played football back in Minnetonka High School together, and it was really good to catch up with him. He He's just so energized and really intelligent guy. You know, when you're with him, you're just, sometimes I'm just impressed, like, wow, this guy really knows what the heck he is talking about. So uh, Alex right now, he started the Integrate Institute with his wife. Um, Alex is a doctor of chiropractic, but their place is so much more than just, you know, getting an adjustment and a crack and a snap. It's it's all about movement patterns and a holistic approach, you know, fixing the way your body moves and reacts and adjusts to pain and just creating, you know, full, engaged beings. Um, it's really cool what they're doing. And you can just tell his passion and how much he cares about his patients and cares about what he's doing. So let's get right into it. You guys are going to get Alex's mindset and uh, you will feel his passion throughout this podcast. It's inspiring stuff. All right, we got Dr. Alex Twangy. Let's go. Your success is where your focus is, right? So like our focus is 100% on our patients. I'm not going to take 30 hours out of my week to produce a video. Yeah. Like that's not my job. Yeah. You know, my job is to bring high quality treatment and like knowledge to these people that I'm with. And then be able to focus on me and my marriage and training. And then like, cause you got to walk the walk and talk the talk. Right. So it's like, I'm not a video editor. Yeah. It's not me. It's not my job. I'm not a pro at it, nor do I really want to be one. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? hundred percent. So, simple task. You got to be able to delegate. Yeah. And you also need to spend time on your, your own education. Exactly. There's I got a lot of stuff I need to learn still. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. I but. think uh, the power of my team, I mean, my sister does all the website stuff and like Good for you, dude. all that. She mm-hmm. makes it look nice and the mm-hmm. video and the pictures. And yeah. I have a guy who puts together the caption video. Yeah. And it's just, I can never do it all. No, there's not enough hours in the day. No. Not even close. Yep. Power mm-hmm. of team, man. Yep. You got to right. You got to do it. You got to use the whole team to make it work for sure. And yeah. you were just saying, um, all right, let's get into it here. Yep. Sure. We have the Mr. Alex Twangy in the house, buddy. How are we doing? Good. Happy to be here. Stoked to be here. Yeah, I'm pumped up, man. Dude, you look fired up over there. Yeah, I'm ready to do it. This guy walks in the door and the energy's just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like six o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm fired up. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Uh, Get going. uh, Man, it's been a long time. I mean, Mm -hmm. Minnetonka days. And now you're building this business and you're chiropractic. I mean, we've connected through health and wellness for the last few years. Sure. It's awesome to watch what you're doing, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was, um, it's a long road since like we first met. I mean, so I moved to Minnesota in eighth grade, um, started playing football, baseball and basketball. And then I was like, man, do I want to play football in college? Do I want to play basketball? And then I got to a point where I was like 270 pounds when we were playing in high school. And Big I had boy. like, I mean, this is how I kind of got into healthcare. I'm just going to roll right into it. Um, I just was like, so my junior year, our junior year, I had, I mean, you had injuries left and right too, but it was like, this is why I got into it. So junior year, I'm 270 pounds. I'm still running. I mean, like I'm running like a five, one forty, a two seventy in high school. So I'm cooking. That's moving. Yeah. For some tub of goo. Right. (laughs) And I have no muscle mass to support like the way I want to move and MCL strain, like grade three, like basically blew it out. Mm. Three hamstring strains, 
four ankle sprains, like grade threes, high level sprains, all in football, like a matter of four months. Going to basketball season, I'm playing basketball, 265 pounds <laughs> uh, for the high school team, and tear my hamstring again because oh I'm just gosh. like, you can't, you know, once it happens, you never really give time for it to get better because you're just in another season, right? Yeah, yep. going. Uh, going to baseball, and I'm, I caught 130 innings that summer or something like that. So, knee, like, hamstring still isn't healthy. Knee is on its way back. Both of my ankles are just a mess. And it was just kind of, I was like, okay, I probably need to change something. So then I, our senior year, I played at like 245. Yeah. Got better. Were you tackle? Uh, pulling guard, center, and I started at all three. Regardless, I was like, okay, I need to lose some weight. So I get down to like 245-ish, uh, play at that. I get this really bad shoulder injury because I was our pulling guard, so I would trap. So I'd mm. run down the line and just hit whatever was right in front of me, right? Um, I actually get like de-innervation of the muscles around my scapula, around my shoulder blade, to the point that I couldn't... I'm 17 years old. I can't put a belt on. I can't tie my shoes. I can't lift my arm over my head, and I'm a pitcher. Like, that's kind of my deal, right? Um, go see my buddy at Canusian uh, Health Group, who ended up being my mentor, is named Dr. Jason O'Donnell. And within four months, I'm throwing 90 miles an hour pain-free. So no I, way. And it wasn't like the adjustment piece. It wasn't like, it was the rehabilitative side. So I went and saw a chiropractor, but I really saw somebody who gave like pure like instruction on movement, like movement patterns, like the stuff that I do. And he basically saved my career. So I got my scholarship, got to play division one ball. And the reason I, I do what I do today. So yeah. That holistic approach. I mean, yep. just the that. What a power in a mentor to yeah. meet that person and just completely change your life, mm-hmm. and yep. brought in that holistic approach to recovery and training, which I think we both agree. I mean, it's a lifestyle type thing. Totally, it's not a. If you really want to become, like, if you want to be okay at something, you can be okay at it. But if you if you really want to, if you're going to invest time into something, like time is the most finite resource Mm. as far in like, in my opinion, there is, you cannot make more of it there. That's it. Right. So time, if you're going to invest something into it and it's like, you're going to put time in, you may as well put a hundred percent of it. Right. So like, there's no reason to really just kind of like tiptoe the line and be like, yeah, I, sometimes I train now. Sometimes I don't, "Ah, I rehab sometimes. Ah, maybe I don't, you know, it's, it's like, if you want to do something, you may as well do it. Cause it's like either do it a hundred percent or just be like, eh, Move past it. Find your passion and like stick with it. But yeah, I got hooked up with him. He was a guy who got drafted out of high school as a pitcher. He'd been through the injury ringer. And so got into that. And then ever since, man, it's just been like follow the path, follow the path. Dude, and just, yeah. I got to dive into this. So mm-hmm. I've been on a similar journey. I mean, I had tons of injuries all through college, yeah. terrible diet, but recovery was awful. And it totally ruined my career. Yeah. I wish you could go back and smack yourself in the face, right? Oh, like my Like if gosh. I knew what I knew now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to learn. You got to go through the process. But I'm, I mean, 10 times better athlete and, you know, yeah. player than I could have been, I think, right now. 100%. But I want to know. So you found this guy. What yeah. did he do? What was that process like that got you out of the injuries? You said movement patterns. and right. Really holistic. What kind of yeah. did that look like? So there's the biggest thing when we look at athletics is kinetic chain sequencing, right? Because you're never in like a steady state. So like doing a bilateral squat is you're in a set position, right? If you can achieve these amazing things in a set position, what percent of that really translates to play? It. Every athlete is different. I would argue that 
you know, there's a certain amount of general strength. There's a percentage that eventually it's limited. You can general strength only translates to a certain percentage, and then after that, the plateau is pretty sharp, and then it's like one to two percent over years, decades, multiples of decades, right? Okay. Because athletes are not the same as Olympic weightlifters, are not the same as powerlifters. A barbell is a tool. It's a hammer. If you only have a hammer, you're going to look at everything as a nail. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So what we did with, what Dr. Jason O'Donnell did with me is he took me through, my biggest thing is I was totally like anterior rotated scapular winging. Like I had no, so the shoulder joint itself, the only axial component of the shoulder joint is your SC joint. So if you are listening to this, feel your clavicle, your collarbone, and then slide into where you have that little dip in your in your sternum, that's the only part of your shoulder blade that's actually bony attached to your spine. Oh, wow. The rest of your shoulder blade is a floating joint. 17 muscles attached to the shoulder blade. So if you have no function at the actual shoulder blade itself, it can't do its job. You're essentially just swinging your arm around as hard as you possibly can attached by something that has a connection of like putting your fingers together. So it's, how do you even diagnose that or know that that's yeah, wrong? And, and you don't know until you know, right? So it's like you you have to be able to look at the whole thing. So um, the biggest thing that he saw with me, and this was like as soon as it was mentioned, it's like it's like you know it's like getting in, hit in the head with like a hammer, right? You go yeah. makes perfect sense. Light so, bulb. Yep. Um, my inability to use my lower extremity to drive my shoulder when I threw because of the MCL tear multiple ankle sprains. Like I probably had this pattern set in me from way back because I've always been a catcher and a pitcher. So throw, 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 right. Um, whatever way you can get through it, get through it. Coach's kid, like just wear it. Right. So, um, the inability of me to actually drive my arm with my lower extremity essentially made me recruit other pieces, pieces that just made up the difference. Cause as athletes we're incredible compensators. Like that's just what we do. You find a way around it, right? The body's an amazing machine. It finds a way to make it it's work. Unbelievable. And so the idea though, so what we did with him, what he did with me is he was like, we can make this way more efficient and we can teach you how to use certain pieces better. Right? So my biggest thing was, is I needed more scapular stability. I also needed a lot more internal external rotation at my actual shoulder to allow my actual shoulder to do its piece, right? Yep. Um, so that's what we started doing. A lot of it, so initially it started with pliability work, like mobility work, restoring some type of range of motion, improving tissue quality so that it can actually be pliable and supple again. And then from there, it was once you have that range of motion or you have what is needed to start loading, then it's load. So tons of rowing, tons of ERIR exercises, anything to just get my capsule to actually do what it's supposed to. Boom. It was off and running. No was, way. Mm-hmm, so you were just up. rowing and what other exercises? Were so you doing? it was um, mainly the biggest thing that was the limiter for me was I was so tonic through my pec that I had this like tip in my shoulder. I was essentially like, um, you ever watch someone who like sits with bad posture? Yeah. Like me right now in this chair. I feel like I'm right? not yeah. good either. <laughs> but you're just rounded forward, right? You're stuck in that position. Um, basically, that creates an inhibited, um, one of the biggest muscles, the function of the largest muscles in the body, not the largest, but the, one of the most imperative functions of a good, healthy shoulder is serratus anterior activation, which is it's on the shoulder blade and it attaches on the ribs. And it basically creates like a swinging motion. Okay. Um, and the only way to really get like true, healthy deceleration of your arm is to have enough external rotation. So my pec was so tight that I couldn't externally rotate. Yep. So I couldn't lay my arm back towards like the back of my body. 
And then I also was so damaged that I couldn't actually allow myself to pronate or internally rotate. So turn my arm the other way and allow my shoulder blade to become part of the braking system. So it's like, it's just inhibited. Like it just, it can't work because I've essentially, my brain was like, no, your brakes aren't strong enough. So you can't use them. No matter how hard you push the brake, it's not going to work. So you just had untapped potential motion. It was, it was more, I wouldn't say it like was untapped potential. It was more dysfunctional loading. Like okay. the inability of my body to know its own spatial, like its own space and how to possess it, like how to use it. It right. would, I like, cause it's never, it's never really a potential issue is it's more of an, an accessibility is what I would call it. Okay. Does that make sense? So then you, when you went to your training, you were able to access yep. more of that. I was able to I was able to use the space. So I didn't have the space prior. I was so inhibited that that humerus, the head of my humerus couldn't rotate. Hmm. In turn, I had no idea what my space was within my capsule, within my shoulder. And it started with deep tissue work exactly. and pliability, muscles, like just getting it back to the point that I could actually find the space, be able to function in the capsule or within the, the joint, allow the joint to do what it wants to do. Allow the muscles to do what they want to do instead of being like, no, this is what we have. Right. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. And it takes some work. I mean, I've written an article on pliability. That's mm-hmm. like, it changed so much for me too. Yep. We both talked earlier off the air right. about how we've changed our mind and you especially have changed your mind about pliability a little bit. Yep. And I always kind of thought it needed to be more of a, you know, stimulus. Like mm-hmm. you need to be focused when you're doing it to really get something out of it. Like you can get the blood flow and right. it's going to do some things, but yeah. the passive treatment definitely isn't as beneficial as like stimulating and moving and activating when right. you're doing that thing and really creating, you know, an actual difference in the deep tissue. Yeah. Uh, how has your mind changed on pliability since, you yeah. know, a year ago? Yeah. So we, I helped you with that article. That was a little while ago. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's um he, the the huge benefit of being in my own practice, doing what I want to do is if I read or I see something that I know is going to be beneficial, like the science says yes, um, the results say yes, uh, the reasoning, the critical thought behind it is clear. It makes sense. Exactly. I can implement it. My my wife and I, who is my physical therapist, essentially, she's an occupational therapist, but she's She's way too good to just be an occupant. You know, she does, she's a jack of all trades. Um, she's our in-house therapist. So for her and I, we sit down and we're like, hey, here's a piece of research. This is what it looks like. Here's the success they're having. What do we think? We kind of talk about it. Um, and then we we pull, you know, we we talk to some of our other resources. We have a we have a couple other people that we work with that are just incredibly smart that we run things by because they've just been doing it longer. Mm. Um, we have a guy named Grant Topkinson who's a PhD in human movement. He is uh, a researcher at the University of North Dakota. Uh, we got we got lucky enough to work with him for a few years while we were up there. One of the brightest, like you walk in the room, he starts talking to you and he just blows your hair back with how intelligent he is. I mean, it is incredible. So we run stuff by him. We have another guy named uh, Ben Sari Bovary who's in chiropractic school right now. Um, going to be getting his doctorate. He was a CSCS. He was an actual a head strength coach, not the head like top guy, but head for, you know, he's the second guy um, for 10 years at the University of North Dakota. Oh, wow. Um, guy who has front squatted 600 plus pounds, back squatted. And he's, but he's another guy who played Division II football. Um, he's a guy who's been on the injury path like we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had both hips, re- uh, both hips resurfaced. Wow. So, pincer and cam impingements in both hips, labral tears. 
when he was 20, by the time he was 26, both replaced. So um, he's the definition of, he kind of fits with what we do, right? He's like, I've hit it hard for so many years. I need to take a step back and learn. There's a better way to do this, right? So that's the question. I, I'm the proverbial two-year-old at the clinic. How can we do this better? Why are we doing it this way, right? So when we go to back to pliability, sorry, that was a long-winded way okay. around. And just a quick right before we get back, I mean, that mindset is awesome. Like yeah. you just have your own practice now and you've got all these things, but you're still going to your team and you're yeah. trying to grow. And mm-hmm. like just to do that, I mean, I, I think that's so powerful. Right. It is, And this is this, and like... I'll be a team guy until I die. Like I, I was a pitcher, but I was never the only guy on the field. You know, it's like, it's the same thing. Like you, you get into that aspect of, it's not just you, you need to have a support system. Like you have to have people on your side that not that they have to think like you, you need to have people that question you. Like you need to have people that don't know anything about what you do because they're going to give good insight, right? Mm. Like my dad's awesome at it. He's never worked on somebody once in his life, career coach, Super single track mind, but if you bring something to him, he's going to tell you what he thinks, yeah. which is like, he's awesome at it. Um, my mom is extremely intelligent. Um, our business partner, Dr. Greg Mojan is, he's been doing it for like 20 years. He brings a ton of insight regardless. Back to the point. Pliability, recovery. Okay. Yes. So when we, when we talk about this, the biggest thing that is like extremely overlooked, and we just talked about this literally when I walked in the door, you're like, dude, I just got out of a cold, hot shower. I'm doing better, right? Yes. We need to be able to, so like after we train, after we do anything, right? If you're, if you're in a pain mode, you know, not that pain's like a great indicator of things, but if you're like, if you're hurrying, you need to be able to get the body out of sympathetic, which is fight or flight. So sympathetic and parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. Those two components control your autonomic nervous system, which is what controls your heart rate, your breathing, all the things you don't think about. Okay. We need to be able to get out of sympathetic fight or flight and get into parasympathetic okay mm. that's the whole point of recovery you should never leave a training session feeling like you just like got put through the ringer you should walk out of a workout and tell me you haven't learned this over like the last two or three years right you should walk out of a training session and be like i did the right things today my body feels good i'm energized like i'm not panicking i'm not shaking at the same time though i'm i'm in a good zone like i'm, yeah. I'm where i need to be right 100 um, yep and then when we come to recovery that's the biggest piece is like the pliability aspect soft tissue anything like that you need to be working towards that parasympathetic that rest digest because it puts you into recovery mode right yeah so um Instead of just being passive and letting yep. it happen to you and you're not engaging, you you're have not to be aware. present. Yeah. Yep. You just lay there on a table maybe and you're right. getting something done to you. It's like, what is that doing? There's no stimulus, there's no mental connection. No, no. And that's the biggest thing is that's and we'll get to this like the movement piece of it, like learning how to train to create tension is it's all about being mentally engaged. So elite level chess players burn six hundred plus calories in a match. No way. Yep. Seriously, don't know why I know that. That's a fact. Unreal. Seriously, look it up. People at home, look it up. Um, <clears throat> regardless, when you're training, there should be a huge mental component to it. There, there should never be an exercise you just do for the sake of getting in reps. There should never be an exercise that you're just like, yeah, I'm going to bang out 40 reps on this bicep curl real quick, and then I'm going to get out of here. There, you need to have this connection. You know, like 
powerlift, or I mean, um, bodybuilders, like elite level bodybuilders, right? Call it like the mind muscle connection or whatever it is. But yeah, regardless, this goes back to what we talked about. You're when you are recovering. So when you're doing your soft tissue work, when you're doing your recovery work, there needs to be a mental component to it. You need to have purpose. Like if you're going to, don't just go lay on the foam roller, right? Like have a goal. Like if, if you're going to sit there, get something out of it. Like mm-hmm. what, like right back to what we said, right? Time is finite. If you're going to, anybody can just sit on the ground and passively do things, right? Like anybody. The goal is to be mentally present, creating a stimulus, not just by creating stimulus from like proprioception from you, like putting impact or stress into the tissue, but also creating stimulus in the sense that you are engaged. That is one of the biggest things. Now to my, to my point about this, uh, go ahead. I mean that, but that's, that's the big thing. It's like you do, there's, there should be nothing. And this is like coming from total, like competitive end of it, right? There, there really should be nothing you do. That's 100% passive there should always be a component of I'm engaged. This is part of my times being used here. I'm going to be present. Dude, right? And that's so important. And mm-hmm. I think being present is, that's the key. I mean, especially in our age of technology and all that crap, but like getting there is hard. And how do you get like your patients to, you know, be so present? Like, Hey, at home, you need to, if you're doing this, like, let's right. do it. Right. And that's, and honestly, I think that, and like I told you, we have, our practice members are fantastic. Like we have great people that we get to work with great people that we get to help, like get better at what they want to do. Um, I think a big component of it is like, not to like, just say that it's me, but my wife and I bring it like, we care legitimately care. Like it's not, I just want your money or I want you just to come hang out with me. I just want your referral. I could frankly give a crap about that. Like I'm going to be broke for a while. Don't care. You know, I've been broke my whole life. It's not going to change anything now. Uh, but we legitimately want people to get better. And if that energy is given off that it's like, hey, I care about you. I legitimately, like, I will remember everything you tell me because I think it's important. Then they're going to remember that when they're going over their stuff. It's not just like, ah, get around to it when you can. It's like, this is this is the way out. And the reason we're doing it is because we want to help you. I you don't get into this if you don't want to help people, you know? So, yeah. That energy is contagious. Yeah. I mean, you tell me that, I'll go do whatever you want, right? Man. I'll go yeah. get it I done. Mean, but that's what you got to care, right? Yeah. And that's and that's another thing, like being present, being conscious with your time. Um, and then the biggest thing is like caring. People just, in general, and, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're a non-care, tough break, you got to care. Like find something you freaking care about and – Put yourself into it, for goodness sakes, because otherwise you're just floating through life. Just, I don't know, if you don't get stirred up about what you do, freaking find something else. Yeah, you got to jump out of bed. I mean, there's a million different things to be doing. Is money that important to you? Like, find something that you enjoy. Right, totally. And go all in on it. And my wife and I put every single penny we had on the line to to do this business because we knew that we just wanted, like, it was... It was like a calling, right? It was like we got hit on the head with a hammer. You know, it's just, this is what you need to do. You have to do it. So where did you think you find this? Like, where did this passion come from? I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I've been fiery since I was freaking, you know. Uh, I, it, I think it's more so the fact that it's like, if you, if you know you're making an impact, like you just, you're really, you, 
and this is how I was my entire playing career. Like I never did anything like half-assed. Like I was never the biggest. I was never the strongest. I was never like the most gifted. I worked like legitimately worked. And there's something about enjoying hard work. Like working hard is good for you. It's good for me. Like not to say that working hard every single day is good for your body, like in a physical sense or lifting side note, but working hard is good for you. Like caring, being exhausted when you go home at the end of the day, cause you've exuded so much energy into whatever you're doing or whoever you're helping is a good thing. Amazing thing. Right? Yeah. And it's an unbelievable feeling. Like you get done and you're like, I impacted people today. Like I helped someone. I, I did my job to the best of my ability today. And there's just something to be said about finishing a day and just feeling accomplished, feeling like you really did put in the work. And right. Like when you really know it yourself, like, dang, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Like yeah. there, that mental feeling of going to bed, it's just, you sleep great. Yeah. You got to be, um, my college coach was notorious for this. He's like, you got to be able to stand there in that mirror and like stare at yourself. If you can't comfortably look at yourself in the mirror, like that means you haven't done enough. You you haven't been good enough. And that's where it's like, I mean, you just got to leave it all out there, man. I mean, it's like you only get, this comes right back to what I said at the beginning. And I didn't mean this to be like a theme, just this happening time. Like you, there is so, time goes by so fast. And I'm, I'm not even old. I mean, 27, but it's like, it just, it flies by. Like I've been married almost two years now. I freaking, we own a business for, moving houses. It's just, it's bananas how fast things happen, right? I mean, like we played together in 2011 and it feels like it was yesterday. Dude, it's just absolutely wild. And Mm. I love the importance of time. Like I, that's one thing that I take very seriously because I will get upset with people if I start to waste time. Yes. And I think that's one thing that I, that maybe I need to work on a little bit is because I, if I feel like I'm wasting time or I feel like I'm not moving forward or growing, mm-hmm. it starts to bother me. Oh yeah. I start to get a little bit stressed out yep. <laughs> and it's almost to the point where like I can't relax sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but you can't waste time. Mm-hmm. Like people are no. like, Austin, you can't stand in a line for 25 minutes. You get so impatient. I'm like, I don't want to waste 25 minutes of my life in this line. Yep. Like, I, we have <laughs> I'll to find do something else to do. Yeah. Yep. And right. I get it. Like we have to do things. We have to be yep. able to relax, but like, just like things that are literally just a waste of my time mm-hmm. just really bother no. me. No, and I'm I'm the same way. And I'm <laughs> my wife laughs at me because I am notorious. I am the worst road rager of all time. Because <laughs> oh, no. So it's so bad. Well, so when I was going to chiropractic school, I was living in Excelsior. I was living in my parents' basement, saving money. And then I was driving uh on the south on four ninety four through like Bloomington every day, which is like the most like polluted stretch in Minneapolis. Now, granted, it's not Chicago traffic. It's not LA traffic where you're sitting still, but it's just because people don't know, like merge, merge. <laughs> drive your freaking car. Don't slam on your brakes, just merge and they'll adapt. Everyone will adapt and we'll all keep moving. And I just, I love driving, but this is just a testament to it. it's like, if I know that my extra 15 minutes in the car could have been spent somewhere else, what am I doing in the car? You know, like while you're awake now, don't get me wrong. Like I will, I love sitting down and watching a movie. Like I will do that. I'll unplug, sit down and watch a movie. But when it's go time, it is freaking go time. Like do not, don't get in the way. You yeah, know, like 100%. Either, either you're with me or against me. Like I'm either going to leave you in the dust or you're on my team. There's, and there's a big difference between sitting down for a movie with a, like a family totally. or friend yeah. and like enjoying that time yeah. or like getting into your peace state where mm-hmm. you can just relax. Yeah. And then when you're out in the world trying to get shit done. Yeah. 
totally. people are taking your time away. Yep. So are yep. you yelling at people on the road? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah, but it's in my car. <laughs> and then the worst part is my wife just sits there and laughs, and she thinks it's so funny. But I'm just sitting there, I'm like, a perfect example. We went to, so Memorial Day weekend, this is for everybody who's listening, Memorial Day weekend was this past weekend. We drive up to the cabin. My wife's dad has a cabin that they've had for like 40 plus years. It's been just handed down or whatever, right? Um, and we're driving up there and like, I just want to get there. Right. I just like, I'm a, I'm a bad travel guy. I'm a bad car guy. Like if I'm going somewhere, I just want to be there. Don't, I don't want to spend the time getting there, like getting to the airport, all that stuff. I don't know why I'm so bad at it, but I just (laughs) am like, I'm inherently terrible at it. Whereas like my dad, like all my family's great at it. Megan's really good at it. She just lets it go. And I'm just like, okay, like we're not there yet. I'd like to be there. Yeah, let's so, go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go listen to some podcasts or books or something, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big. So when I was when I was in graduate school, Megan was doing her master's. Megan's my wife. Master's at uh, the University of North Dakota, getting her occupational therapy degree, and so I would drive back and forth to Grand Forks like constantly. Um, I did 31 books in a year and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, on audiobooks, yeah, just yeah. listening when I was driving, driving to school, driving to Grand Forks, driving back, and not like short books. We're like talking, like I listened to a whole Game of Thrones series. I listened to um, I don't know, I to everything. I was just like burning through books. Nice. Um, I don't know. Podcasts, podcasts are great. Like I like your podcast. It's it's real. It's just like you're just talking, which is good. Um, I don't know. It's I I just sometimes just being in the car is just like the quiet time. Because mm. like all day at the clinic, we're just talking. You know, it's just a huge energy expenditure, right? So in the in the car, it's like Megan and I talking. Or a lot of times just her and I sitting in silence because it's like just beat by the yes. end of the day. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big reader either. I don't know why. I just, I've never have been though. Like reading for the subject of learning about what I do or like, you know, like papers, um, theories, research articles, stuff like that. I'll do that. So you dive into that stuff. Yeah, I'll do that. And it's, but I'm still picky though. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not gonna, if someone's writing a, a reviewed, like a, you know, like a peer reviewed, peer reviewed, whatever. And they research like, yeah, 40 articles and they're just basically regurgitating all 40 articles. Do I really need to read that one? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas like, if it's, if it's somebody coming out with like original thought, like fact baked, fact based thought, like critical thinking, there's a good chance I'll, I'll read or listen to that, you know, just because it's like, I don't need to hear it 16 times. Yeah, you can just check out a meta-analysis and get the gist of all the studies right. or else you can dive into the ones that you think look interesting. Exactly, you dive into the ones that have backing from people that you respect or, yeah. you know, have uh, backing from just I'm, just, I'm a huge proponent, especially in the health field, especially with like in the field that I'm in, like I'm a chiropractor by trade, but I'm not a chiropractor, like in the slightest, like adjusting's great and all, there are so many more answers, right? So it's like, Mm. why box myself in if people are getting better? Um, But like, you just, there's so many pieces to everything that it's like, you're never going to know all of it. So try and be really good at the pieces that are pertinent or changing or evolving. And that's kind of like, if we can like circle back to the pliability really quick. Yeah, Um, love it. So we use a couple of techniques at the clinic that, as I've gotten further into, so like I was at a clinic, Knudsen uh, Health Group, incredible place. They have very gifted practitioners there, but you're limited because you're part of a bigger, a, a bigger thing, right? So you can't like, 
I can't spend 20 minutes with somebody. You got to follow the rules. Exactly. Um, you got to be productive. You know, that's why they're paying you a salary. So, yeah. uh, but we use a couple, one of them's called high velocity, high intensity, soft tissue manipulation. We've got it from some dudes in Australia. Um, and the results we get with it are just bananas. What is like, that? So what you do is you, every muscle in the body has a, a job, right? Um, adhesion or like where muscles become stuck together from repetitive stresses or like a poor movement pattern or an injury or pain, right? Um, once the muscles become adhesed, right, they become stuck together. So then in turn, if you have three heads, like three heads of your hamstring, right? So you have your semimembranosus, biceps femoris, and then semitendinosus. So three heads. If all three of them become combined or like stuck together, you've lost total, like you've lost function. You've lost Mm -hmm. efficiency. You've lost like joint centration. Not that you've lost, lost it, but it's become altered and not as like clean as you would like, right? Especially if you're trying to do something like for you, you need a ton of internal rotation at your left hip, right? Mm-hmm. Because as you finish your screen, you need to have space for your femur to rotate in turn allowing you to get hip to shoulder separation and create thoracic extension as you finish your swing, right? Yeah. So if you don't have that proper piece because of an adhesion that exists, no matter how much you hammer away or load, that adhesion is still going to exist. That mm-hmm. piece that is inhibiting function is still going to be there. Does that make sense? And you're not going to perform optimally. Exactly. You so can't. Once again, we're back to the timepiece, the efficiency, right? So you can put in months and months and months of swing training, like specific swing training. Like let's say you're limited in your draw, right? Like let's say you set up for a draw and every single time you can't find enough space on your left leg to rotate to create the finish you want on the club head to in turn hit a draw, right? Yeah. You just wasted months. Right. From an adhesion, right? So what we do essentially is we take, you have to think of an adhesion like a rubber band. Okay. Okay. You can take a rubber band and you can push straight down on it with thousands of pounds of force. You could drive a car over it. Is it going to break? No. Right. You can stretch it, right? And if you stretch it slowly, so like traditional myofascial release, like active release technique. Yeah. If you stretch Soften it slowly, and lengthen the muscle. Right, you stretch it slowly, are you really breaking the rubber band or are you just stretching it more and more? I mean, to a certain point, it's going to break, but yeah, you can stretch right. it for... But there you're limited yeah. because the muscle belly is only so long, right? So you can only stretch a bicep as far as your elbow will extend, Yeah. right? So if you stretch, the, you stretch that rubber band and you keep stretching it over and over again, if you can get outside of the axial limits, you might be able to break it. But not many people can extend their elbow past their olecranon process. Like you just, your elbow only extends so far, right? Right. What we do is essentially we create, we use like, it's like 20 seconds of hell. So (laughs) we use our knuckles and you basically are going up and down on the muscle belly at like as fast and as hard as possible. Wow. And basically what it is, is it's like taking a rubber band and, and if you do that often enough, the rubber band's going to fray. And break. Yeah. Does that make sense? But we don't want it to break. Dude. We want the adhesion to break, which is what the rubber mm. band signifies. Oh, okay. Does yeah. that make sense? Now, we don't want the muscle itself to break. We want the adhesion within it, which is mm. the rubber band. The rubber band is the adhesion. You want that to break, which in turn separates the muscle bellies, creating space. Yes. Space creates function. Function creates efficiency. 
You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So that's one thing. The other thing we do is um, I'm just new into this next thing. It's called integrative diagnostics. Um, it's created by a bunch of chiropractors who were kind of like me. They were like, this adjusting thing is like cool and all, but we're not really getting like lasting results. People aren't like getting better, better. They're just getting better enough until they come back in. Yep. And um, so I'm dipping my toes in that. But man, that stuff is freaking bonkers so i want to get back quick to what did you call it the the hard work the uh high velocity high intensity soft tissue manipulation all right the hell of a word yep yep. (laughs) we'll take video Uh, well you're gonna come in later this week right yeah we'll do some on you oh we'll take video we'll take video on you and we'll we'll put it up so how like when you're doing that to somebody say their bicep Mm -hmm. um how what are they doing? Are they moving the bicep? Are they present? What so like? they're really, well, you have to be present because it's extremely painful. So you're going to be part of it. Um, like I said, it's like 20 seconds, really intense. But then after that, it's like you're walking on air. I mean, it is incredible. Um, so like you're not really doing much, but you are present. So I'm creating such a large stimulus at that motor unit. Your brain can't help. Like it can't ignore it. Yeah. Like things that you haven't accessed in years. Um, so I work with a ton of like really elite level power lifters and we do like their shoulders, their lats and stuff. And I mean, you can't help but be present. And these are guys that are under, you know, like 700 plus pounds, like it's nothing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Yeah. But it's like you, you have no choice. Like your body has no choice but to acknowledge it. Like you mm. cannot avoid it. How much yeah. like... Because there's so many factors in that, especially internally, like your hydration and your nutrition. Like, mm-hmm. how much does like inflammation and that type of stuff affect that? Yep, huge. So we, the Dr. Greg Mojan, the guy that's also one of our business partners, he's a functional medicine doctor. So what he does is it's like nutrition on steroids. Mm-hmm. So um, he actually has a degree in genetics. So oh, wow. there's a thing called epigenetics. Oh yeah, have you heard of that? Of course. Yeah. So <clears throat> you can, if you have like the Widowmaker gene in your family. So, like you say, you're at 70% possibility that you're going to get a Widowmaker where you just, boom, drop dead from a heart attack. You can draw the blood, see what gene and how that gene's expressed, and dependent upon what kind of, like, what your diet looks like, like your training regimen, and then some supplementation depending upon the person, you can decrease that by huge amounts, Mm. like tenfold. Well, yeah. What is the definition of epigenetics? Isn't it like the study of disease and like how your lifestyle and health affect each other? Yeah, ex- like, explex, uh, affects genetic expression. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's it's like getting to your genes before they even know what they want to do. So <laughs> it's like it's it's getting into like the actual chromosome itself and like breaking off the strand of the DNA and just like taking the piece and not allowing it to get there or having your body's immune response elevated enough that it can sense that and then in turn get rid of it before it becomes a problem. Right. Yeah. So crazy stuff. But yes, inflammation takes like we have, um, I have one guy I'm working with right now that we just can't get him straightened out. You know, like he's got like the best physical medicine in the world. He's got an incredible soft tissue guy. Like he's working with us. Um, and I've sent him over to Dr. Greg and we found that he was just full of like heavy metal toxicity and like Lyme's disease and just, yeah, just chronic infection stuff that doesn't come up on normal, like medical lab markers. It's, it's kind of, you have to have like this, you have to be looking outside of what the normal frame is, which is like the proverbial two-year-old, right? Like what is actually going on? So yeah, inflammation, diet, I mean like hydration, they all play huge pieces in it. Now the physical medicine is, purely like 
the stuff we do gets unbelievable results. But you can only fight like chronic infection and autoimmune disease and like inflammation and stuff like that for so long. So yeah. if someone's going out and just eating Big Macs, like the chances of us like really getting making huge changes. Right, you can't. No. I mean, they're just completely feeding themselves nothing. Right. And it just create, continuously creates that, you know, immune response that's just never going to create, a, you know, a successful nervous system in, in just body. Totally. You're, you're never going to get into that parasympathetic mode. Your body will never get to rest. There's never a point where you're going to repair. You're just always go. Mm. Like, always. So, yeah, there's a huge, there's huge components to that. But, yeah, there's, like, the stuff that... High velocity stuff is, it's really cool. It's just another tool in the toolbox. You know, it's not an answer. It's just like, hey, this works really well. So what are, what are some things that like you just say, maybe to a patient, you just worked your thing and you gave them a really, you know, you gave them their treatment. Mm -hmm. What are a few things that you'd be like, hey, make sure you do this or what things are really important when they go home? Right. I mean, the biggest thing is just, and I tell this to every patient we work with, like, my job as a clinician is to never have you say, why didn't I know about that? Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, why, why wasn't that option presented to me? So the biggest thing is I always like, and I'm terrible at this. I learned this from Jason, Dr. Jason O'Donnell. I am like beating a dead horse with, does that make sense? Do you understand? Are you following me? Because it does me no good to understand what's going on with you if you don't understand it. Yes. Because you'll never get better. Unbelievable, yeah. Right? So that's that's like the biggest takeaways. And that's and then I have Megan on the back end as our therapist, and she's like, hey, she legitimately will like spend time, and that's the biggest, like the quality goes up so much because they get like a one-on-one physical therapy session every single time they're there. So it's like, here's what we're doing. Here's your progression. Like, here's where you're at. We need to hit some of these ambiguous-ish checkpoints before you can like move towards what you want. So, yeah. Dude, that's so important. Like when I work with someone who's in golf or in nutrition, I always at the end, I'm like, all right, so what do we need to do and why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And then I make sure that they know the reasoning because it has to be theirs. Yep. Like you can give them the tools, you can give them the information, but totally. they have to take ownership and they have to know what the hell is going on. Yeah. If, if, if they don't, it's just like you waste, you just, you wasted your breath. Yeah. hundred percent because they, we, no one knows your body better than you. No one knows you better than you, whether you want to know it or not. Right. So it's like you need to be able to look at yourself and go, this is mine now. I Mm -hmm. own this. And that's like we talked about on the phone. You're like, dude, are you comfortable with like sharing this stuff? I was like, I don't own any of this. It's my job to impart and give and like, you know, hey, what do you want to know? I'll figure it out for you. Like, tell me what you want to know. Right. So, yeah. Well, you have so much wisdom and you keep learning that you you just, there's no stuck mindset that you have or stuck ideas. Like you're always going to be growing and developing that your thoughts and your tools, like they're not you. You're not, if you lose those, you don't lose Alex Twang. Like, no, you are a practitioner Mm -hmm. and you just use these different ideas and you're going to continuously get more. We can always pick up more tools. Yeah. You can always pick up more tools. Like you, you don't teach a swing the same way to 19 people, right? Every single swing is different. Every single person is different. So it's like, why would I put you in a box? Why would I say, nope, this is how we treat here. That's what you get. That's awesome. Right? Because it's like that, if, if you're doing that, what, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's why we started a business. Because it was like, this is stupid. So, yeah. All right. We got to get into, you guys are rocking a business, you and mm-hmm. your wife. But I do want to say, I want to talk about the nervous system one more time. Yeah, Because it's a passive thing. Mm-hmm. Like... All right, I was just 
I was on a, I'm on hour 50 of my fast right now. Insane. <laughs> Dude, and I was hurting. Hour 47, I was really tired, hungry, and I wasn't feeling good. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like I just was, what was the word you used? You said parasympathetic and sympathetic. Is that yep. like when you're... Your nervous system is? So autonomic nervous system mm. is sympathetic and parasympathetic. Okay. Autonomic nervous system is like heart rate, breathing, your just like your general kind of energy awareness. It's things you don't think about. It's okay. like blood to your brain. You know get what I'm saying? Yeah. So parasympathetic is rest, digest. That comes on with your circadian rhythm. So mm. as you're getting ready to go to bed, that's why you get like snacky at night. Yeah. Because your body's like, oh, I'm resting. I could have a snack, you know, whereas if we're always in a sympathetic drive, thus why caffeine is a good appetite suppressant, because it puts you into a sympathetic state, you're in fight or flight. Hmm. So the reason you got, and this is just me spitballing because you're pretty good at this. It's not your first fast, right? The reason nights are harder is because your body's like, I'm winding down. I could use some food to go along with this like cool jive that I'm in. Like I'm ready to just hang out. Like... Dinner would be great right now because then I could really get into this rest digest period. Well, and yeah, going back to the circadian rhythm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just following my schedule. I totally. usually eat at like two or three o'clock and then I eat at seven every yep. day and the sun's going down, like you're yep. saying. You're, roll, you're winding down. You're winding yeah. down. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I was on hour 47, 48. I was hurting. I was not in good shape. And mm-hmm. I went in the shower. I'm like, all right, dude, I got to do this. Yep. I got to do this. I got twangy coming over. I got to get fired I got to get revved up. Yeah. Yep. Right. So I hit a little cold, hot, cold, hot. Mm-hmm. You know, real quick. Yep. And dude, after I was, I was lit. Like I'm like, yep. okay, I'm ready I'm to roll. Up, I'm ready to roll. Mm-hmm. And just that switch. Yep. It's so that's one of the, um, there's a lot of guys that write about that and I'm starting to get in this a little bit more, uh, for rest, digest, parasympathetic, parasympathetic, sympathetic. Um, there's been a lot of research done with hot, cold. So contrasting temperature on like your skin. Mm. Huge, like huge amounts of research. So, uh, Thornburn Hansen, you know who he is? The bit, the mountain. Yeah. Six, nine, the guy who deadlifted a thousand and one hundred, whatever pounds. Yeah, is he in Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's six. I haven't watched any of them. I've listened to him. I got to watch him. But, um, so he's six, nine, 200, oh no, 450 pounds. He's two of me, which is bananas. It's huge. <laughs> um, and his, one of his biggest recovery tools is contrast tubs. So he goes, he's like a hundred plus in one tub. And then hops in the other one at like 30 degrees. And so that, now don't quote me on this. Okay, like I said, I'm new into this. This is something that really interests me. But the cycling does something to your central nervous system and to your heart and just your peripheral sensory nerves that switches your sympathetic parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. So like the, the cycling does something to reset the system. Wow. And so, do you? I see you're wearing one of those rings. What's the brand on your ring? What is that? The ring that you have? What's that? Or ring? Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so that's how you monitor like your recovery, your mood, and all that stuff, right? Activity, sleep, exactly. It's awesome. So, same thing with Whoop is another one that we put a lot of our athletes on because, yeah. like we talked about, recovery is like it is so overlooked. We are as a population, as a training population, we are so overtrained. We are always. Licking our wounds. We're, the band-aid just keeps coming off, right? It's like mm. scab, pick it, scab, pick it, scab, pick it, scab, pick it. Now, there is a piece of that that does exist. You have to like, you have to do that to get better. But there's so much more we could be doing cover-wise. So that whoop 
bracelet. Okay, yeah. uh, that Ben Sorry Bubber guy I talked about, who was our, my strength coach at UND, one of my great friends. Uh, my wife actually roomed with him when she was up there for her masters. Yeah. Incredible dude, super smart guy. Is it? Hold on, is it whoop or whoop? It's something. You're confused. Okay, I, I think we're talking about the whoop. same thing. It could be whoop. It's the little band thing. Yeah, yeah the band. Right. Okay, yep. I just yeah, want to yeah. make sure you're on the yep. same page. It's like 30 bucks a month or whatever. Yes. I need one. I'm too cheap. Um, <laughs> but so he uh, he kind of like turned me on to that a few years ago. And he said, and this went along with some of the research I was reading. He goes, if I get up in the morning and I do a contrast shower, hot as possible, cold as possible, and hold them for a few minutes each, his recovery score went up like four or five points. No way. Because it takes you out of sympathetic fight or flight and puts you into rest, digest. Mm. So it allows your body to actually go and like take a step back. And I, like I said, I haven't gotten far enough into the science on it yet, but it really interests me. Like I am hoping that one day I have a hot tub and a cold tub at my house so that I can recover after my training. So I'm so obsessive. I mean, I love the sauna obsessive with the sauna writing or like, like I need it every day. Yeah, totally. If I had one, I would be, I would be in it all the time. Yeah. So, and what's so interesting about the contrast. So obviously I've heard a bunch of benefits. I mean, Wim Hof is one guy who's like amazing to follow. If you guys aren't following Wim Hof, you're wrong. Go. <laughs> I don't know if you're wrong, but get on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, get around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the sauna, it, it creates a hormetic effect. Right. The heat, the heat stress on your body, it gets your heat shock proteins, and your body is just under extreme duress. And that's where a lot of the benefits come from. Like the, it turns the longevity genes on. You think you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, the short-term stress. Right. That doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Yep, totally. Um, so the contrast is a little bit different because they're two different stimuluses. Right. Like you're saying. So that's super interesting. Now, this is from the limited that I've read so far. Yeah. I definitely need to... But there is there is some component to it. And this is the same with like a fasting. Okay. Um, any NAD in the body is one of the largest anti-aging agents. Have you read yeah, some of this? Cellular, yeah, it's your cellular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's your cellular boosters. health, right? Yeah. So when you intermittent fast, you decrease the amount of NAD you use. Your NAD is finite. Mm-hmm. So I guess there is another finite thing besides time. But NAD yeah. is finite or it's relatively finite. It's not 100%. Regardless, when you when you do this kind of like when you do fasting, you increase the longevity of your NAD, your cellular health, like you increase cellular health. Now, I don't know exactly what that goes with for is like contrasting, but that is a big indicator for just overall like recovery, like cellular capability i mean it's there's like this the research that's out now about this stuff is just it's unbelievable it's bananas like it is unbelievable and i oh if i could go back and just set the papers down in front of me when i was 18 oh dude my it's gosh. absolutely wild i would have right. been a entire different person yep totally but yeah the cellular part of it like what's going on with the autophagy and apoptosis and yep. the cleansing when you're not eating and yes. then just improving like your mitochondrial and function just your gut health in general your gut health yeah yep. giving it a break mm-hmm. fat i mean we don't have to sit here and talk about fasting because right. i could talk all day right. about yeah. it but the hot cold and mm-hmm. i i was reading about this and i haven't really dove into this yet but mm-hmm. like if you go lift and then you do the cold after it might actually be negating some of the effects of the lift. Yep. So they're saying not to do cold after, you know, strength train if you're trying to, if your goal is to build muscle. So, perfect example. Um, I got done playing college baseball in 2015. Uh, I had a, I have less than 60% of my supraspinatus tendon left. It's one of the rotator cuff. Um, my teres minor and my 
um, infraspinatus are both just shredded. Like I've torn them multiple, multiple times. I bought a Compax muscle stim unit right when I got out of college. I have not iced since I got done college, my shoulder or anything. You're done with ice. I, I don't do it. Haven't iced. I use the muscle stim. I do active recovery. I hit, so I just found this out the other day. I hit 94 twice last summer on the gun. No, you didn't. Yeah. I throw harder now than I did as a Division one baseball player. Dude, you're throwing heat? 94? Yeah. yeah was, oh, my God. Yeah. I was dumbfounded because I was like, oh, I throw pretty hard. Like, I don't, like, I never was like, ah, I, I, it was, I don't know. And it's like, I'm not, the thing is, is like, I'm not consistent though. It's like, yeah, I don't do it often enough because I'm not like pro. So it's like, I just... I don't know. I was like, well, I must be doing something right. I'm also, but I'm also stronger now. And you're taking I'm, your training seriously. Yes. Yep. And I'm yeah. doing a better job of recovering. Are yeah. you catching that, guys? I'm doing a better job of recovering. I'm just, I'm trying to be smarter. Mm. You know, like, I don't need to go out and play long catch six days a week. I don't need to do plyo balls seven days a week. Yeah. I don't, my body doesn't need that. It just needs the stimulus in the correct amounts to create change. Dude, right. yes. Yeah. We got to go back to Cole because... Yep, yeah. Sorry. Um, yep. So, no. no I, so, vasoconstriction decreases the amount of blood that's actually getting to your tissues, which when we exercise, you should be... What it is is essentially it's flushing. It's you're, you're taking old blood out and putting in new blood. Like That's terrible terminology. But lay terminology, you're taking old blood out and putting new blood in. You're creating tears within the fascia to allow them to grow. Mm-hmm. So, if you put ice on it, stopping that that's what hold on that's always been my problem with ice is that like it just seems like we're stopping our natural ability to heal like our body's trying to do a job and we're just slowing it now i will say there are i mean 100 there are times for ice like acute injury time for ice like you strain a hamstring time for ice you blow out an ankle time for ice to just decrease the amount of swelling so that you can gain range of motion back quicker to in turn allow the body to like regularize proprioception all that stuff right mm-hmm. But just for general, like, aches and pains and stuff, ice is, if you can move it or load it, you're going to get a better stimulus and your body's going to heal quicker than if you just sit with ice on it. Yeah. Right? Now, if I had a cold tub and I could do, like, active stuff in my cold tub. You're all in. Sold. Right? Because I'm still creating vasodilation with vasoconstriction. I'm changing what my body wants, you know, hot, cold contrast. If I could do that, I would. Um, but you're, you're creating different stimulus. You're mm. changing, right? So novelty, and we can touch on this in training, but novelty is huge. Like the human body and change is like, that's how you get better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, I, the last like three, four people that I really respect um, in Austin Yokemon here, they've changed their mind on ice recently and they, they don't really aren't a fan. I mean, like you said, acute times maybe, but yeah. You know, overall, I think there's just a lot better ways to cure injury and make things work. Totally. What is your just overall thoughts, I guess, on just icing and when would you use it? Uh, so unless it's acute. So if it, acute means it happened like right now. So if, if I was to go out, I mean, I don't know, if I was to go out and like pick up a ball and try and throw it the length of your street, my arm, I'd probably tear something. Mm. Like there's a chance. I'd have, I'd strain a muscle um, or if you like bust an ankle. So super acute situations ice and why so in my mind so and this is the only thing that makes sense um from my reasoning now like i said i'm not a huge fan of ice in general just because i think it's 
there are so many better ways to do it. Like mm. so many better ways to do it. Like load, just like immediately getting the the joint or the tissue or something under a an eccentric load or something where you're lengthening the muscle back out, not mm. allowing it to spasm after a strain or with a tendon or something or a ligament. There's there's different variables for each individual structure that's injured or changed or altered. Um, but the only thing that doesn't it just doesn't make sense because all you're doing is you're just passively sitting there now. It makes sense to use it because you're trying to get the inflammation down. So if you can keep inflammation low, so when you get an injury, your body rushes inflammation to the site to help heal. Now, that's the natural healing part of it. If you can stop that and trick your body into thinking, oh, I don't need to heal that right now, then you can start loading it more aggressively. You have sooner. more range of motion. That's going to... The yeah. swelling. It's the swelling component. Yeah. You're really trying to... to manage the swelling component when it gets to ice. Like you're just trying to keep inflammation, swelling, mm. um, fluid in the area down as low as possible so that your proprioceptors or your position sensors within the joint don't get altered as much. That would be my one, like, yeah, use it. Yeah, so that like, makes sense. Yeah, so like you bust up an ankle, like you sprain the crap out of your ankle, I am immediately dunking it in the uh, freaking uh, like a, a cold bucket, like yeah. a ice bucket, and I'm doing the ABCs until I can't feel my toes anymore. So you're moving it. You're not just yeah. sitting in. No, it. you yeah. need so like you need to train. So like when you when you stretch a when you stretch a ligament. So um, you're so how many times have you sprained your ankles in your life? Oh my god, hundreds, bro. right? Yes. Yeah, they're just mush. Like step off a curb, there's a good chance I'm gonna. Whap, whap, <laughs> my ankles it. are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you stretch a li- um, when you stretch a ligament. What happens is you alter the receptors within the actual joint itself because you stretched something that wasn't meant to be stretched originally. Mm. So what you need to do is you need to teach your body again where its space is. So like ankles, I mean, this is, I I sprained, like not lying guys, I was, sorry Coach Dotson, I was playing basketball at the rec, um, at the rec center. We were playing against some football players and... I went up for a rebound, came back down, blew out my ankle. Oh. Luckily, I was playing with the athletic trainer. We were both there. We were both doing something wrong. And I got on the game ready within 15 minutes. And, like, guys, this was like a high grade two strain, like a sprain. I mean, it was like black and blue before I even got my sock off. You know those oh. ones where it's like instant. You're like, I did something wrong. Yeah. This is not good. And I was running on it in 48 hours. No way. Yep. How long until you were back? Like 100%? Yeah. A month. Wow. Now, is that to say that the ligaments and everything were stable 100% again? No shot. Yeah. But my range of motion was restored. Strength was pretty dang good. And I didn't feel like I needed to wear a brace. Dude. But that's you. Like, I was in the ice bucket. I was doing my... I was doing, like, banded stuff in the ice bucket. I was... Anything I could do to move against... Move against a load in an anti-inflammatory state was I was doing everything and it, it worked. I, I mean, I pitched on it three days later. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah. And I heard this story on a podcast from Dr. Tommy John. He was talking about, he had this athlete who was like all in bought into his program and he's very integrative. He's not just a therapist. Yeah. I got to look into his stuff more. I just, just started looking into him and I'm like, uh, I take he's it. He's wild. Yep. But anyway, so he's talking about the story where he had this athlete and he's like, a, I, don't, I don't know, he's in college, and he was all in bought in, and he broke his hand. And they were like, gosh, dang it. But this kid was so bought in, they wouldn't train. He, you know, he got a cast, mm-hmm. they were training hard, training hard. And this kid was the leader of the grip strength. He said the metric was like 150 pounds he could grip. Yeah. 
And so they were training. It took a couple months. The guy got his hand off, and they had been hitting it. He was yep. on his nutrition. He doubled down on everything because he needed to keep the inflammation low, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yeah, so it gets better quicker, yeah. Yeah. Right. And he comes back. He takes the cast off the day after, and he beats his own personal record on the grip strength without even doing anything again with his hand. Yes. Now, can we, can we talk about novelty? Can we move into training? Go. Okay, so... The biggest component that we miss right now in the training, in the training world in like, you know, we're loading ourselves six plus days a week. Like we're always under a barbell. We're always under load in some capacity, right? We're doing the same 12 to 15, 20 exercises. We're not really cycling them through. Periodization is kind of eh, deloading, whatever. Novelty. Novelty is the biggest training stimulus that is overlooked. Mm-hmm. So him not doing anything for two and a half months, reset the neurology or like his central nervous like system stimulus to that part of his body and allowed it to break and rest. Mm. So there's uh, another guy. I just um, follow him on Instagram. He's kind of a no name, whatever. It doesn't really matter who he is. Uh, Hadn't squatted over 190 kilos, so 418 pounds or whatever for like six months. For two months during quarantine, all he did was body weight, like completely unloaded. So he didn't put a single thing on his spine. Mm. Not that it's just your spine. Regardless, he didn't have any weights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Came back and squatted 220 keys for no a double. No way. Yeah. Novelty. Okay. So who said it best? Do you know who Louis Simmons is? You know, West Side Barbell? You ever heard of them? Mm. Okay. Louis Simmons, West Side Barbell. They have like the most elite level powerlifting gym of all time. Like the highest squat, highest bench. Uh, they're, they're they have geared. They have raw lifters. I mean, they have guys pulling 800 for sets of three deadlifts. Like, I mean, like banana strength, right? He started writing books about like, he would use what's called like, um, what is it? Uh, variable freaking, what is it? Accommodated load, accommodated load. So he would use like chains, bands, you know, stuff that they do at ETS. Mm. Uh, now what he would do is his biggest thing was variability. So the body accommodates between three to five weeks, depending on the person, depending upon your neuroplasticity, depending upon your training, you know, like if you're a novice, if you're experienced, whatever, yeah. right? So everything's, it always depends, right? Novelty comes when you haven't done something and you create a brand new stimulus that your body has essentially forgotten about. Ooh. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, it's very interesting. Right. So this is like you, this would be like you flipping around and swinging left-handed for your warm-up only. And then go play. And you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It could. Not saying that that's the correct stimulus for you, but I'm just saying in general, novelty is something that creates like, I'm not saying like I'm the most educated dude on training. I'm not saying like, I'm saying from the neuroplasticity and from loading, from adaptability, from just the point of athletes need to use weight training as an in addition to. Athletes do not need to become weightlifters to be successful. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So when we start training or weight training, you know, 12 months all year round, it hasn't become an accessory thing. It hasn't become like in an addition to. It's become what we are, what yeah. we what we do. Um, novelty is something that restores the ability to go back to something you haven't done in a long time and it makes it new again. So... I'm sure he was testing his, I don't know what it was. You'd have to ask Tommy John. I don't know, but this would be my guess. Okay. This is like, this is, this is what we've seen time and again with young athletes that we work with that are like chronic low back, hip flexor, like stuff like this. They're just 
always loaded. The hammer has been, the nail has been hit so many times with a hammer that we don't know how to undo the nail. You know what I'm saying? And so creating a deficit or creating a lack of stimulus sometimes is just as good of a stimulus as creating the stimulus itself. Yes. So you're saying reset and let the body forget about what's going on. And then come back to it because it makes it new again. Mm. Novelty is the spice of life. Novelty creates new stimulus. Novelty, like training, not allowing yourself to get to that three to five week period, like Louis Simon talks about, not that he's the only one that talks about this, but that three to five week period where you're accommodating, you adapted to what you do. So if you go and deadlift to, you hit a triple on deadlift, you hit three reps on deadlift every single week for 10 weeks, you can only go so far. Yeah. You know, you can only do a triple on deadlift off the floor with this with this weight, with this strap, with these belts, with these shoes, so many times before your body goes, eh, that's it. And the body's adaptable. Like, it adjusts. It understands the stimulus. And it's like, oh, okay, we only need to do this amount for that force. Exactly. And this gets back to your ring, the, the whoop, you know, like the, the ability to listen to your body and say, so like the biggest advance that I've made training-wise in the last like three years, and it's made an incredible difference. Like, numbers are... They speak for themselves. Um, not that I'm a powerlifter, but regardless, it doesn't matter. I'm off track. Um, the, the recovery piece of it, like you, you have to listen to your body. Like, mm. if you're not an Olympic weightlifter for your like career, you're not a powerlifter. You're not like a professional bodybuilder. Like, you're somebody who wants to continue to be athletic. Like, I have the desire to throw over 90 miles an hour for two decades. Ooh. Like, that's what I want to do, right? I want to be able to dunk a basketball at 250 pounds, no problem. That's like, unreal. I've, I've done it before. Like I want to be able to do that for a long time. You know, I want to be able to like, if I want to go sprint after somebody, I don't want to warm up. You know, I want to continue to be pliable enough, central nerves. Like I want to be stimulated enough in the right ways and not in the wrong ways that I don't lose the ability to be athletic. Dude, that's such a good point. And just real quick. I mean, like the whole point of my training is to be able to do what I want to do for longer. Like I, yes. I want to live to 120, but I want to be active in movement. Yep. And then like the point about warming up, I think that's such a, so funny. Like mm-hmm. you should, once you get up and spend some time on your movement, you should, patterns, be, moving. You should be good. Your yep. body should be in that state. Yep. There should not, you, when you, you see these people doing like these and like, if you think you need to warm up long, like that's great. Like, you know, some people do like, some, that's kind of their thing. Like maybe that's what it takes for you to get in your right mindset. Like maybe yes. that's your mindset thing. Mental you know, preparation. That's yeah. fine. In the grand scheme of things though, for athletes, for people who are going to be athletic, there shouldn't be a big preamble, like a preamble. It should be, you get up, you go through your pattern, you're done. Like you're moving, you're, mm-hmm. you're underweight or you're, you're sprinting or you're jumping. There shouldn't be this need to be like, Oh, I got to roll for an hour and a half and I got to hit this and glute bridges and this and that. Right. So it's like, if you're going to be athletic, like, cause that's, that's the goal, right? I mean, well, especially for washed up guys like us, right? Like the, the goal is for your training to assist that, mm. not for your training to become your primary. Mm. And that's something that has given me huge perspective over the last probably two and a half years. And I've been healthier than I ever have, you know, knock on wood for the last, two and a half, three years, just because it's like you have to realize where your weaknesses lie, train, train towards that within reason. Like I have, I love to squat over like well over 500 pounds at this point in my life. Do I want to, do I need to do that right now? 
No, I got another 30 years of training to do that, right? So you've been, you've been training really hard, putting a lot of stimulus on your body. Yep. I mean, it's not like you're not lifting just to feel good. Like you are throwing weight on. I'm, I'm trying to, I like, and for me, it's just, it's so much of the walk, the walk and talk, the talk. Like I, I work with people who deadlift, you know, like a guy sent me a video, he deadlifted 714 the other night and he squatted 815. Dude, who are these people? Where they're, do you find them? Dude, I don't know. They find me. I don't. I like they're guys that I just meet, and then we get to talk. And it's kind of like this, right? You just get to talk, and you're like, "This makes sense." Yeah, this yeah. guy gets it, right? Yeah, and it's, um, and I'm like, I'm young enough that it's like you don't feel like you're working with some old dude, but like if if I've never had, you know, if I've never had, five hundred plus pounds in my hand, like how can I talk to you? I don't know what it's like. You know, it's 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 like um. It'd be like you taking swing less swing lessons from uh, Fred down the street who plays twice a year. Yeah, you I'm, get what I'm saying. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And it's like if you've never like there are certain things that it's like you cannot talk to people who are elite level athletes if you've if you've never been there. Dude, like, that's a, totally it. I will not. I it's really hard for me to listen to somebody who's not living it. Right now, like coaches and stuff in sports is a little different because maybe they've been through it and they right. have different knowledge. They see mm-hmm. it, but like if you're telling me about nutrition. And you're not, and you're like, frankly, you're just not in good shape. I just can't. Like, why isn't it working for you? you <laughs> it's know? so, and I like, I despise the chiropractic college I went to because it was so many people living like a completely unhealthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. just so stuck in their ways. They got, you know, to be blunt, they got fat people coming in to talk about nutrition. Not Dude. that I'm like shredded, but like I, my athletic ability is like, I'm where I need to be. Like I'm in my pocket. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But the point is, is that if, if the person giving you information is not following, is not doing what they, you're, they're telling you to do, how can you trust them? Cause 100%. they've, they've literally like, and that's one thing Megan and I tell like all our patients, you know, we have these, we have these incredible young athletes we get to work with. I mean, like one of them is top 10 in the nation for Olympic weightlifting. She's a stud. And, we, I mean, these powerlifters we work with, I mean, we have a lot of people that are just incredible. Like I said, we have amazing practice members. Like we have, don't worry, we treat normal people too. But yeah. they're, we've been there. Like my wife had her ACL redone. And we've been, you know, we've been trying to fix, you know, a lot of the pieces that come with that. I mean, blowing out ankles, like shoulders, backs, like all of it, broken fingers, broken toes, like, mm. you know, tendonitis to the point where you can't walk, you can't lift your arm, like, we've been to the ends of pain. Like I ripped out, I don't know if you remember this one. I, I ripped out my front six teeth on a four wheeler when I was in eighth grade, right after I moved here, I oh. rode under a clothesline, ripped out my front six teeth. Oh my gosh. So, I don't remember that. Right. So I've had like 15 oral surgeries. You know, oh. it's like, if you've never been to that point, like, you know, I'll never birth a child. I can imagine that that is like the most intense pain. Like there are things that I won't experience, but I mean, I've been there. Like yeah. I've, you know, like I've warmed up in the outfield. Bef- um, like I was so injury riddled in college. It was terrible. I mean, it was to the point where like I was throwing 90 feet. I'm supposed to throw 120 pitches that day. I'm throwing 90 feet and I'm crying mm. like in that much pain. But I know that is my job. Like I got to go do it, you know? And so it's like, if you, if the person that is taking care of you or giving you advice or like is looking you in the face and saying, Hey, here's what you need to do. And they're not doing it. They haven't experienced, they haven't been there. How are you going to trust them? 
Absolutely. And when you have gone through it, mm-hmm. that's why you're so passionate, I think, yep. is because you've been through all these things and you found things that worked. Yep. It's not like you've been through these things and then you just kind of got over it. Now you want to talk about it. like you found things that have worked and made your life better, 100%. made your movement better. I mean, looking at you, dude, you're, you're healthy. You look yeah. good, yeah. man. Thanks, man. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, that's, I think, where some of that passion to share it comes from because you're doing it. Yep. And, and you know, I, it's just stereotyping. There are definitely some people maybe who aren't living the lifestyle that are very knowledgeable about the, what they're doing. Yeah. But a lot of the time you see those people and it just doesn't seem like they even believe it. No. They're you just know? doing it for the money. Like yeah. They just want their quick payday or they just want their, you know, they want their clout. They want, I don't, I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I, I just don't. But I've never been that guy. I don't. Yeah. I will never. And this was, I mean, in. Like, I wasn't the captain in college, but I definitely led the squad. I would, you can never, I was the last guy picking up balls. I was picking up the fungos. Like, I do the bucket, like all the grunt stuff. And this is like, I learned this from Dr. Mojan, who read this from another guy who's like an elite, I don't know, multimillionaire or whatever, right? He goes, he would scrub the toilets at night because it's like, if he will scrub the toilets, then anything he asked me to do, he would do. Right. So it's like there should not be a line of what you won't do to to be better or like to like granted, you know, within means. Right. Like you're not going to go be bananas, but like there should not be something that you're like, nah, that's too audacious or nope, that's below me or nope, I'm not going to do that now because I do that. I own this clinic or nope, I'm not going to do that now because I drive this kind of car. Dude, that is a hundred percent the best leaders. And yep. you can never be too good for a thing. If you did you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan? Yeah, it was incredible. Dude, his thing. He's like, I never asked my teammates to do something that I didn't do. Yep. He said, I earned this, I put my heart in, mm. I would, you know, and then you yeah. show his mindset of just yeah. kicking ass and well, getting beat up. And like the big the his my biggest thing, like I loved, I don't know, it was the end of maybe episode seven where he was like, Tough shit. I was an asshole. You got to win championships because I required you to be at this level. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want, if you don't want those championships, you can give the rings back. You get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, he was he was just like, if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Right. But this is what I did, and then you see the success behind it. This mm-hmm. was my mindset. Yep, you're welcome. Yeah, like this is, but that's what it that's what it takes, right? So that I mean, like that's that's the way that you know my wife and I train. I mean, she she deadlifted 300 the other day, and it looked like it was nothing. And she's six foot. She's closing on a double body weight deadlift as a female, which is like, that's big, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she's a freak athlete. I mean, so like, I'm throwing harder now than I did in college from just the way we we do things now. She grabbed rim the other day. She had never been more than under the backboard, so four inch vertical increase, and she's 28. You know, ACL re, like repair, just. Dude. But there's like when you when you take a step back, and you look at the forest, right? You got to get better than just seeing the tree. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. can't just you can't just look at the forest and be like, oh, that tree looks good, right? Because yeah. there's there's dead trees in the forest. There's animals that are dead. There's pieces that aren't thriving. There's you know there's pollution. It's there's trash in it. It's like if you can't look at the whole picture, well, I mean you're limiting yourself. Yeah. Right, dude, 100. percent And with nutrition and stuff, that's what I see. Like if you try to get locked into one diet. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to make this one diet a perfect tree. And it's just not. They all have their ebbs and flows. We right. all have, you know, beauty and the dark parts of each of them. Right. And you need to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. And just going back to what you were saying about being able to do everything, which right. I think is such a powerful point. Uh, personally, I just left my old job. I was up three years up at Riverwood National. Mm-hmm. I was working for this guy. He owned the business. His name's Chris Sauer. 
He's one of my best friends and someone that I appreciate. I'm so lucky I got to be in this because I didn't really have that mindset out of high school and college. Sure. I, you know, I, I wasn't living the way I wanted to. And I just wasn't around somebody consistently that lived everything like this. Right. He owned two golf courses. He was making $100,000 yep. easy year. And he would be out there picking up trash. He'd be there at 6 a.m., unlocking doors, grabbing, you know, candies and biscuits to mm-hmm. sell and going out and picking the range, stuff that we pay people $10 yep. to do. Yep. It didn't matter. And he never once, it was never once like, oh, this is below me. It was like, you know, this you is my place. probably take care of that. Yeah, let's yep. get this done. And I just think, like you said, that's just so powerful. Is there should, You should never get to a point where you think you're too good to do something. No, and it, it's just... But that's also, that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Like you just have to care and it doesn't have to be about work and it doesn't have to be about like, you don't have to pick a thing to care about, but you got to care. Like yeah. you just have to care. And this was, so, um, my dad was, uh, a base 20 year baseball, 20 years division one baseball coach, uh, growing up, like it was tough. I mean like no slack, right? That guy's a little tough. Yeah. yeah. He's a little scary. Uh, used to be a little scary. He's getting soft now. Uh, but he, uh, I was. I think it was five, four, maybe five, you know, where you're still kind of like not really figuring out your common sense. Like your critical thought is garbage. Cause you have no frontal lobe, like all that stuff. Right. I wa- I remember walking past a piece of trash and he looked, he looked back at, he looked back at me and he goes, you're going to pick that up. And I just, I didn't even know. Cause I didn't even acknowledge it. I was just like probably yammering on about something or whatever. And I'm sure he walked past it to test me. Right. Walked past it. And he goes, better pick that up. Don't ever do that again. And it was like, from then on, it's like attention to detail is like, and not everything's going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but there are some things like you just got to care. Like you got to, you see something on the ground that like you, the baseball field is yours, right? Like it's your house. You, you see the dog shit on the floor in your house. You're not going to leave it there mm. and wait for someone else to pick it up. You're not above picking up that crap, you know? And it's like, I shouldn't have been above picking up a Doritos wrapper. I also shouldn't have been above paying attention, being observant. Once yeah. again, seeing the forest, right? If if you're above that or you can't be humble enough to take a step back and be like, I don't need to be the guy, right? Then I don't I'm I don't know. I just that that stuff like that gets me so fired up because it's like it is something that I like I care. Like the legitimately care about every single person that is like, if you're going to invest time in me, I'm going to invest everything I have in you because obviously you trust me. Yes. So that's, it is worth, you could, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you've murdered 8 million people. If you're, if you're in my clinic to get better, I'm going to get you better. I will do everything in my power or I will refer you to someone else. I will make sure that you are going to leave here and you have a plan or you're like, like you just have to do that. And like, I work with young kids, like baseball lessons just because, you know, you got to have a side hustle. Right. So, and it's like, if, if I ever am there and I'm just kind of half there, it's not fair to them. It's not their fault that I have other stuff going on in my life. You need to be present. Like the, Mm -hmm. the kid, you can tell, like people can tell Yeah, 100% someone walks in the room. You can immediately tell if they're present or not. Hmm. Like right away, right? So it's like you owe it to somebody. I don't care. Like you just owe it to them. Like they're they're coming to you for help, or they're coming to you to get better, or 
they want to learn something new. Like if they're coming to you and they're asking you to do it, like you owe it to them to be present and care because they could go anywhere. Yeah. And they could ask anybody, you know? So, but that's, yeah, that's. And it matters. Yeah. And no matter what you're doing, if you give them this false advice, like that'll make an impact on them. Every single thing you do, people pick up on that. Even kids, like the Mm -hmm. way you carry yourself, the way you are, people will subconsciously or consciously, they'll pick up on it. And it matters Mm -hmm. because it makes a difference. Yep. That's where you find the good ones for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And I feel like that's where I really struggled, especially in high school and early college. I just didn't care enough. And it just bled into stuff like that. And you don't even, maybe you don't even realize what you're doing, but it's just not there. And it's a huge shift, but it's an important one to make. It is. There's, I mean, everybody comes into their own at a, at a different age. Like my younger brother is kind of coming to his own. He's 25. You know, he, partied his way through high school, partied his way through college, and he's kind of like, okay, it's time to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Dude, yeah. all right. We got to, you got, you started a business, dude. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about it with your yeah. wife. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what, what is it like going out on a limb and, you know, starting a business at a young age? It's got to be scary. Yeah, it was, uh, and I mean, with Minnesota, it's like everybody's got their own, you know, everybody's putting up their shingle, especially in chiropractic. Everybody's just doing whatever, you know, get out there and make a little bit of money. Um, no, it was, I was approached by this doctor and it was just kind of one of those things that just lined up. I mean, it was just like a a total blessing, but it was, it's been scary. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're three months into this thing, almost four months into it. And it's just like, every day is a battle, man. It's Mm. like, it's a lot. And it's always, I mean, we wake up, we're in the, you know, we drive, we're living in Victoria right now, which is 40 minutes away from Lakeville. Mm. So we're driving in. Um, but we get up, we drive in once we're there. I mean, we are nose down the whole day. Um, we have a longer lunch, which is great, but that's where we train. So we're training. If we're not training, we're doing business odds and ends. If we're not doing business odds and ends, it's notes. If you're not doing notes, you're making a video. If you're not, there's never time like where you're just sitting Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's so like when we get weekends now and that's where I was to the point, I was like, you know, on a weekend, it's like, that's where my wife and I get to like, just be. Mm. just like sit like we'll go out and do stuff like i'll still do lessons you know we'll take care of stuff around the house whatever we got to do but like there's just a there's something about just like her and i just sitting down just holding hands just being on the couch just being people and not being business owners and that's the hard part is there's so much like so much of your energy and your time is into this business now and now while we're there she's my she's not only my business partner she's also my peer Mm. you know she's my treating peer because I don't want her to be my therapist. She's, if I could give her a doctor, freaking I'd throw it in front of her name, you know, because yeah. she deserves it. She's a genius. Right. But the point is, is that there's like this balance that you need to strike. And we still haven't found it. You know, mm-hmm. things are, it's tough, dude. It's hard. And it's like, you try and get away and you try and get your reset, but it's never really, you're never really off. Dude, being man. with one person for that much time, I mean, obviously I can tell how much you love her and appreciate yeah. her, but that's a lot of time with one person. It's, it's, I mean, we're not in the same room, you know, mm. she's on the other room. She's always treating like we're, bu- like we're blessed enough to be busy enough in the clinic that it's not like we're just sitting there chit-chatting all day or we're, you know, shooting the crap, but it's, it's definitely a balance. It's a, it's a hard balance to be like partners in life, but also partners in business because it's, it's this piece of like. How do I appreciate her as my wife? How do I appreciate her as my business partner? Mm-hmm. How do I appreciate her as my wife? How do I appreciate her as an incredible clinician? There's like this, this give and take. And I mean, to all the other people out there that 
own their own business with their spouse. I mean, shoot, it's, it's tough. And especially when you're like, you give it all for it, like mm-hmm. down to zeros, you know, and you just, you're like, this has got to work. So when the opportunity came, were you, did you guys have like a big conversation about it or were you both like, dude, I'm all in this? Uh, it was pretty much, we were all in. Uh, so my wife was at a skilled nursing facility, which is like an old folks home. Um, and she was so underutilized. I mean, she's incredible at her job. She was like, I need to get out of here. This is, dri-. I mean, like it was driving her bonkers mm-hmm. and it was kind of one of those things. It's like, you don't really get those opportunities too often. And it's like, you may as well be young, dumb and broke than rather be old and broke. I you love know? So that. it's like, yes. um, we were, we were like, if it's going to be, we may as well do it now. Like we, like, I don't get me wrong. I loved working at Knudsen Health Group. I love the people I worked with there. They were awesome. They gave me a chance when I didn't have anything. You know, they could have been like, no, nope, tough break, kid. Get the heck out of here. Um, and then we were like, um, you know, we were like, this is it. This is the chance. Like, we got to freaking do it. So it was, um, yeah, it's, it was, it's been, it's been tough for sure, but it's been a huge blessing. Like, to be able to do whatever we want to do with whoever, you know, whoever we want. And it's just been, it's been great. I mean, it's been incredible. I wouldn't go back and undo it. That's for sure. I'd go back and do it again, but it was, it was definitely, it's definitely just a lot, man, but it's, it's the same. It's back to the mentality. Like you just can't fail. Like you just have to be better for that. If you do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And that's like when I was pitching in college, you know, I was just a stock righty D one, like nothing good. And I was like, I just have to be better than the hitter for this pitch. Mm. I just have to be better than the hitter for this pitch. Like I just, you may be better than me, but I just have to be better than you right now. Yeah. That's all it takes. Like, I just have to be better than you in this instance and I win. Right. And so it's like, you just refuse to fail. Like you just, I don't know how you do it, but you just do it. You know, it's like, you just make it happen. And luckily God's been just like providing for us. Like people keep, like I told you, people are busy. People keep showing up. That's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible, man. And it's just like, we must be doing something right. Because, we're in the middle. We opened. We opened on February seventeenth. Quarantine started like the end of February. I mean, we opened up and quarantine hit, and yet we grew. So I don't know. It's yeah. well. What do you feel like? Because there's probably a lot of people listening, and myself included. Like, I'm so interested in this. Going out and you're doing your own thing, which is amazing. You're doing it. You're creating your own business. You're going all in on your dreams, and you're saying you're getting busier during quarantine, which is amazing. What do you feel? For people who are like athletic trainers or people who are nutrition or who are really selling themselves, what do you feel like you're doing a good job of? I think it's just the caring, dude. Like, just care. Freaking just care. Like, just give a shit. Like, literally care. Like, that, that is the biggest thing. And then the other piece is like, just be adaptable. Like, mm. the stuff we did three months ago when we opened the clinic, we are, we're barely doing any of it now. We're changing. It's constantly changing. The second we find something that's better... Why would we hold that from our practice members? You yes. Know, uh, like why? Sure, it may be harder on our bodies, but that's why God gave you one. Like freaking send it. You know, and recover. So, yeah, recover <laughs> afterwards. But like, if you're gonna be a healer, be a healer. You know, if you're gonna be a trainer, be a trainer. If you're gonna be a runner, be a freaking runner. But like, don't don't wuss out or like give it a half an effort because you're afraid of like some pain that may come along the way or like some deterioration. You're young, you know, it's like you're in it. Yeah. You are freaking in it, right? And so it's like 
I would say, yeah, that's, I mean, like we put out videos and stuff, but we don't really have like a huge following, you know? Yeah. Um, we, we put out good stuff on Instagram. Like we try and give good information. We, we try and do that. But the biggest thing is just, you gotta just freaking care and you gotta be good at what you do. Like you mm-hmm. have to care enough to be good. Like not just okay. Yeah. Be fucking like, it's my career. Yeah. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this. I'm not even, a, I'm, if you'd ask another chiropractor, I'm a terrible chiropractor, but I'm an, I'm an incredible physician a clinician because I care and I want to be great at it. Yeah. I don't want to just be okay at it. I don't want to be known as the chiropractor. Like, Oh, he's the chiropractor. You know, you want to be like, that's Alex. He does this, this and this, right? Like you don't want to be just like, like you don't want to be Austin Harrington, the golfer. A hundred percent. dude. You want to be Austin Harrington, the nutritionist, Austin Harrington, the entrepreneur, Austin Harrington. Like you want to have pieces to you that are actually you. You don't want to be so connected to what you do, but you have to care. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to like, I want people to know me as Alex and that I freaking care. Not Alex, the chiropractor who takes my money once a month. Dude, you know what I'm saying? I think that's so powerful. Like, Hey, Oh, Hey, that's Alex. What does he do? Oh man. Well, Alex, he does this and he's, a, and then we did this mm-hmm. and oh, that Alex is just amazing. Right. Instead of like, Oh, he's a chiropractor. Right. There's yeah, just, he's a, a I go see Alex once a month. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah. That's so powerful, man. Just care because back in the, like when I first started nutrition, I was helping people two years ago. The advice I don't like. No, like, we never love. give it again. Yeah. yeah, it's like, wow. But I gave them an energy and like a passion to want to do better. Yep. And it was out of the right intentions and they can make their own decisions. So yep. I don't, I'm not mad that I did that. I'm glad that I did that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to continue to grow and get better. I think it just comes to caring and the yep. intentions. Like, are you trying to make the world a better place? Yep. Are you trying to put the impact in? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Are you, are you, are you giving your peace? You were put on this earth with a purpose. There's, if you don't use up, your pieces. If you don't, if you like, you had a destiny, like not that everything's designed for a reason or anything like that, but just like you have a reason, find your reason and be in it. Mm. Like whatever it is, just find your freaking reason. Like I said, it, it doesn't have to agree with Alex. It doesn't have to agree with Austin. Just freaking find it and do it. And just like, and that's the heart. Like that's as I get older, 27. Yeah. As I get freaking older, as I get older, it's, like the perspective on maturity and being able to just accept, just accept things and just move past it. Cause mm. it's like when I was young, I would get so freaking fired up about absolutely nothing, but it fueled me to be a great athlete. Like mm. I had to find a way to legitimately hate the person in the batter's box, even my own teammates when I'd face them. And I was terrible against my teammates that were my friends, like would give up hits. Like, <laughs> but the people I hated like the way I, like if I could, like I didn't hate them off the field, but if I could find something to make me angry, it's what fueled me. And I, mm. I still do it. I don't know anybody I compete against. None of them. But the only way I win is if I get mad enough to win. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and it's just, but th- that doesn't have, doesn't, that isn't how it has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you, if you can get by on freaking rainbows and flowers and like, if that's your jam, like freaking this is yours. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so hard cause there's so many, everybody's got a freaking opinion on everything. And like, we're talking about opinions right now. Like some of this is fact-based. Like I would say a good majority of this is fact-based, but it's also fact-based on certain right research that we've read. Oh yeah. Cause you can skew research anyway. I so mean, then it's like, you come back to the whole thing. It's like, what are we reading? What, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, it's like, what, uh, what's the, Yes, there is good there is good content here. Yes, we are hitting on good things that that we know are f- like they scientifically like evidence based. Evidence based. At the same time, though, evidence can always be skewed. So it's 
I don't know. It's a whole thing. It's a can of worms and it never ends. And so it's like, it's always a matter of just, and that's comes back to like, we talked about like the research that I read and stuff like that. It's just, just, you just go based off of like someone you respect and like who has a good viewpoint and you hope that they're hitting both sides and not just seeing the tree. But then you always take a step back and you go, well, it could be that too. Uh, could that, that, that makes sense. You Dude, know, so. I always go back to that. And that's so good because it's, you think intuitively, there's three things I like people to follow. When, when I'm teaching about nutrition or whatever, think intuitively, look at the research and ask yourself if it makes sense to you, and then follow the people that you trust and aspire to be like. Yep, totally. Think for yourself, look at the research that makes sense, and then follow the people that you trust. And that's right. really all you can do because everything's going to be changing, yep. and you have two experts who could be saying completely different things. And they studied. both could be totally fact-based based upon the research that they're going off of. And there are that out there. So it happens you, all the time. You just got to think for yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do. All right, dude. Well, I don't know if it's the euphoria from 50 hour fast or what it is, but <laughs> I've got a lot out of this, man. I yeah, really good. enjoyed it. Me dude. too, man. It was, it was fun. It's always fun to be able to like, to be able to talk to somebody who, who actually like, this is the, this is the problem. It's like, I get started like this and it's just freaking it just rolls. Cause it's just, there are so, there's so much to it. And it's, it all goes back to that, like, time is of the essence, like, freaking just, whether you're right or wrong, like, just go at it and just figure it out as you go, I guess. But yeah, dude, this was a blast. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. We're going to have yep. to do it again. I mean, we yeah, could sit here sure. and talk for eight hours, so. There's so much we didn't even talk about yet, because I don't even know any of it yet. <laughs> we'll have to learn it before next time. All right, man. Yep. Well, let's get into the last question here. Mm-hmm. And yep. dude, right before, I just want to say thanks. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciate what you're doing. The thanks, path, man. like, starting your own business and... Mm-hmm caring so much and trying to help people with their health and their activity man it's a really important thing that you're doing so i really appreciate it and grateful for having you on bro thanks man yeah all right last question so you're down the road yep and you know you have some kids you and your wife you're killing it yeah you know you're still learning you still don't know anything but (laughs) yep that'll never change but you're doing your thing and you know kind of being the person you want to be and you got these kids growing up whatever reason you know you have your kids in front of you and you have three things you can tell them you know to live happy healthy active mm-hmm. whatever it is yeah what are those three things that's a really good question three things i tell my kids um i think one far out and foremost is like care like we've said a million times in this podcast but i mean it it, it it's it like you there's one thing in life that like we haven't been around long enough to really like speak on this topic, but I bet if you found someone else, you know, like whatever care, mm. just freaking just care, 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 care. Um, I think the second thing would be shoot, man. I, my big, like one of the biggest things that has become, made me who I am is compete, mm. like compete at everything. Like <laughs> if you got a four year old, that you're playing basketball then just compete, you know, like be a competitor, like Mm. compete against yourself. First and foremost, like always compete against yourself. Like no one's going to drive you harder than you. So if you can't find the extra gear in yourself, no one's going to be able to pull it out of you. So compete. Mm. Um, and I think the last thing I'd say would be, Take a second know, if you need to. The last one. That's tough. I don't know, man. I just, there's so many good ones. I mean, it's like you always want to, f- like, I'm trying to think back what my dad would tell me. I, th- I think it would be like love, 
So like love what you do, love yourself as a person, love people, um, like love to give, like love to give, like love to just be part of like, just in general, like just have enough space in your life that you can love others. You know, it was like, just love something other than yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like whether it be a person, a piece of grass, like just something, right? Like love something bigger than you love, love something that's going to take you further and farther outside of your comfort zone than you'd ever go on your own. And so that's what I would say, care, compete and love. And then, you know, I'm a married man and it's like, you know, I've only ever dated two people. So it's not like I've like love, you know, I don't know, but it's just, that seems important. I don't just as we're sitting here, it seems important and it might change when we talk, you know, whenever in the future, but you know, like find, find something that makes you want to love things. Like makes you want to have that space. I think. Mm. I love it, man. Yeah. I really appreciate you, Dr. Twain. Thanks man. Appreciate yeah. having you on, bro. Yep. Woo. All right, that's a wrap, my friends. Uh, go follow Alex. Go follow the Integrate Institute on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And then go see them. You know, if you've been hurting or have a little pain, go over there. I, uh, I've been over there, and it's amazing what they're doing. And you just never know. This one decision, it could make a world of difference. So go check it out. Um, and finally, if you've made it this far and you've been listening to the podcast, please leave us a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference for us. It helps us boost up and grow and reach new listeners. So with that said, folks, go out there, you know, keep striving. Let's keep getting better and let's go get it. Woo!